Our guest today is Tom Murray. Welcome. It is awesome to be with you. Thanks for having me today. So Tom, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, what are some of your big projects right now? Sure. So first and foremost, I'm a dad so and a husband. So um, my I look through the eyes of my own children. Uh-huh. I, have, I have a kindergartner, a little boy uh, who's a complete hot mess and chaos, but part of my whole world. <laughs> and my daughter, who's the complete opposite in fourth grade. And yeah. so part of the, the work that I do really revolves through how do I see the world through their eyes and what is it that they need? And it's really a lot of where my, my interests and my passions come mm-hmm. from. And on one hand, it sounds kind of selfish, but mm-hmm. I'd say first and foremost, being a dad is my main role because uh, that's that's most important to me. But um, in my day job, per se, Mm -hmm. I run Future Ready Schools. Um, It's part of the Alliance for Excellent Education in Washington, D.C. When I say I run it alongside a a team of people that do it as well. So we are a bipartisan nonprofit group out of D.C. So Mm -hmm. we don't sell anything. We raise money every year to help people. People are always like, what's the catch? What do you mean? And there really is none. And so we've been doing it for five years. I'm the director of innovation in that work. So um, with that, we work with school and district leaders, a few thousand of them every year. Um, we do a variety of events that are always totally free. We call them institutes. They're typically two, uh, two-day events focused on things like leadership, culture, shifting teaching and learning. Um, we have a future-ready framework, which really helps put a lot of the, uh, we call them gears together mm-hmm. to make the system work. Um, sometimes we're talking about things like data and privacy, because mm-hmm. we know one mm-hmm. thing, one time, and shatter trust in our community. Um, and other times we're talking about things like community partnership. How do we um, engage in the work that we're doing with our community? How do we brand the work that we're doing? Um, not from a marketing or selling end, but we use so many words in education that are just complete buzzwords that internally they make a lot of sense, but sometimes externally people have no idea what we're talking about. And so how do we um, communicate in an effective way and understand and remember who our audience is? Um, but also we, we work to amplify great things happening in schools across the country. Um, we really believe and we see all the time, all every day amazing things are happening in schools and unfortunately when you pick up the local newspaper or you look online, that's typically not your headline story right. in education. And so part of our work is really amplifying the, the many voices, the diverse voices, um, but highlighting great things happening in schools. One, to, to give other people hope, but number two, to also get rid of some of the excuses. You know, it's funny, sometimes you'll, you'll work with a place and they'll say, well, we don't have the budget for and then you'll go to a place that has far less wealth and they're already doing it. And right. so, um, you know, we're, we'll never be the gotcha. We're more of the let's amplify the positive and share that stuff out. So not when you hear Washington, D.C., anytime people think instantly feel jaded one side or the other, um, which is kind of today's climate. And we're not there to be red. We're not there to be blue. Um, we're there for kids. And we really mean that. So that's that's really my day job. And then on the personal side, I get to work with a lot of school and district leaders um, through d- different types of events like the event we're at today, like um, also through being an author um, and those kinds of things as well. So you have a new book. It's called Personal and Authentic. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So it, it's it's funny when, when I talk to people recently that I've read multiple books because I feel like every book that I've written has been very different. Mm-hmm. Um, Learning Transformed was uh, co-authored with Eric Scheninger, uh, very admin focused. So that was very research to practice, a bit more dry, but it was really created to be, Michael Fullen called it a blueprint for change and right. systems change. And so that was very much research heavy. There's over 100 studies that, that had been put in there. And it's, it's truthfully not written for your average second grade teacher. And I don't mean that in any sort of condescending way. It's just 
very research heavy, but then very big picture practice. And what does that look like? Really wrote for that for district level admin systems change. If I'm standing at a in front of a board and asking to, to borrow X amount of dollars, really being able to give them uh, a, a, a generic framework and then uh, kind of roadmap to help them get there as well as the research kind of behind the why. Mm. Um, and this book, I preface that because this book is the, actually the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. It's very much more narrative and story. I use a lot of my own um, personal examples. The first chapter is all about uh, my very first year teaching, which was very traumatic um, through a variety of experiences. And um, it really sets the tone of why do we do what we do? And so it's also meant to be very practical in nature. Mm -hmm. You know, we do so many things in education where we talk about like these philosophical ideas, but ultimately like what does it look like in practice? And so this book is, is much meant to be on the ground level. So one of the things that you'll see throughout the book is there's over 50 educators whose voices are amplified throughout it with practical tips. Mm -hmm. What I did was I really tried to get a diverse group of, of uh, people out there that I really respected in the work that were in classrooms or that were running buildings um, and asked them. I wrote sections and asked them for feedback but then I also said you know when I think of this section I think of you as somebody that um, I really respect in this area give me a two or three sentence just tip something if I'm a second grade teacher I could try tomorrow if I'm a physics teacher I could try next week um, and so it's meant to be very practical in nature as well um, but the book really moves from the core of why we do what we do and that's loving and caring about kids and relationships and the people side of it first um, to then also creating this culture for learning and how do we create that culture where people want to be how do we understand the hidden stories within which is something that that I share one of the pieces and stories that I share in the book is actually around my own daughter and her medical needs and kind of set the tone with you know she missed about 35 days of school in 14 months and she was late over 20 times and, and I just share the data and often ask people if, if you saw that data what would you think and, and I know what people would think some of the same thoughts I had when I taught of you know is the kid lazy they don't want to be here why the parents disconnected there's issues at home and then I share that's my daughter and it, you, you kind of hear that screech in the room when I share it verbally. And, and then I go on to share her own story of food allergies and how, you know, having been hospitalized multiple times for less than one seat of sesame and almost taking her life. And then each one of those absences was at a doctor's office outside of Manhattan, two hours from our home. And every day that we went there, it was the story of, I really want to be in school today, daddy. And so when you know the story, part of the piece that I wrote in there about being personal and authentic is really we make so many judgments so many times as educators that on one hand, if we just look at data as data, we can really make bad decisions if we don't understand the story. But at the end of the day, really understanding the story really helps the difference, helps us go from understanding or making a judgment to having empathy. And so it's how do we really get to know our kids? And if we're going to talk about personalized learning, or I call it personal and authentic in that sense, it's it's people first. And we have to know our kids to be able to teach our kids in that type of manner. Then I also go through some um, really evidence-based ways and things as I racked my brain. It's not meant to be this all-inclusive only way list, but ways that we can make learning personal and authentic in the classroom. And that's where it goes from things. And, and again, these aren't brand new concepts by any means. They're things that some places are doing really well or sure. some places are starting to step into around social emotional learning or cultural relevance or creation and design or interests, passions, and strengths. And so when I talk about learning being personal and authentic, we talk about like, what does it really look like in the classes? What are the practical ways that we can do that? Um, and ultimately, what's the benefit with it? And at the end of the day, one of the things I really tried to do throughout the book is remind educators of the amazing impact that they have. Um, the reason you'll see fingerprints on the front cover um, is this idea of, of how educators get to leave their fingerprints on generations to come. Mm -hmm. And I think with all the chaos in our world of education and all that educators have on their plates on a given day and they go and they go and they go off until they have nothing left, it's completely 
it's so easy to to lose sight of why we do what we do, but also to lose sight of the impact that you do have every day, just because of all that's on their plates. And so part of it's that um, to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, um, but also to remind educators of how much they matter and how important their legacy and their work is every single day. So one of the themes of this conference is about personalizing with social emotional learning. So it's clear from what you just talked about with your book, being personal and authentic really helps with social emotional learning. But do you think that, that part of the movement about personalized learning is moving more towards social emotional learning and, and all, of, all of the non-academic parts of school uh, to help them become more academic? How do you feel right. about that? So, so we're seeing a lot of the movement nationally, and I would say it completely depends on the district and it completely depends on the leadership and what they value. Um, some will use the term and almost congruently mean that it's I stick a kid behind a computer, the computer quote unquote does the teaching and you know and uh, although I'm a, a huge fan of ed tech and some of that work, I can clearly state in my book that that should not be the goal in any sense. It's a tool, it is not the end goal. It is you know it's it, it can support an avenue, it's not the avenue of itself. And so one of the things that we are seeing and you know part of it I think is because the climate of our world and the, the horrendous things like school shootings that we're seeing and just you know there has been the pendulum really has started to swing back and I think under No Child Left Behind people became so hyper focused on data and again like I said earlier you know data can be a good thing but at the same time I think people are starting to realize I mean really one of the things I wrote in the book truly is that if you know if we care more about what we teach than who we teach like we've completely lost the purpose in the work mm -hmm. and so when we look at um, those examples at the end of the day when you look at kids that are graduating high school take a valedictorian they've got this perfect GPA and you know everything academic is is, is uh, top-notch and you know every college acceptance but at the end of the day if that person's heart is crumbling is that ultimately what we're going for because if that's my child I will gladly take lower grades with a child that's happy and working in their interests and their passions and so again when I go back to my parent lens like what would I want for my own child and I think as and I did a lot of reflection as I wrote and I would think back to being an early educator young in my career and I you know kind of wondered back then like why was it that mom cared more about you know the child's friends and well-being than they did about the latest math test or you know and, and I think it really gets to that so to answer your question directly I think we're seeing a, a big move to that in the past number of years. I, my hope is that we continue that. Um, I don't think, like when you look at the heart of the word personalized, can't be personalized without personal. And if we leave the inside of the person besides the academics out, I think we're actually missing a massive piece. And so when you look at the social emotional learning side of things, um, without those pieces, like that's a life skill. And when you look at the, um, you know, statistics, there's a variety of, of data sets out there on statistics around things like anxiety and depression, struggles with social media, and the things that our, many of our teenagers are struggling with today far more than, at least it's, it's indicating far more than it has been in the past. Um, we need to make sure that we can teach students to be successful, not just to graduation, not for some college or career, although that's part of it, but ultimately in life. And part of that is things like self-care. Part of that's understanding the resources that are around you. Part of that's having the courage to ask for help when needed. Um, and part of that's also this, this idea around empathy. And I think when we think about personalized learning, um, it's not this notion that it's just about, about you. It's also, you know, what can I do to make the world a better place? And I think um, places that are doing it well, I can keep that at the core. Tom Murray, thank you very much for talking with us today. Such an honor to be with you guys. Thanks for the time.